0: Listening to Fox sports
1: radio well I'm gonna say this I think that it's unfair to judge fields by things like wins and losses okay he gets another kind of judgment. But we'll get to that later. <laughs> Let's start with the Browns. And quite frankly, a lot of angles in this game. The Las Vegas Raiders, 16.
0: The Cleveland Browns, 14. The Raiders win and cover uh, most
1: numbers, although the number bounced around a lot throughout the week. or uh, was it ever? Oh, so it ended up being three for the Raiders, right? So, in theory, they didn't cover the close. They did not cover the close. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard, shot for the best number. Time your bet's the best you can. I got a great number. At least it seemed like it in the Super <laughs> Contest. Plus, plus one and a half. But then it was, what, minus three to our favor, right, at one point? Yep.
0: It felt really good till about 15 seconds left
1: in that game. Yeah. Well, maybe it felt really good until Baker Mayfield was declared out. Now, Colin Cowherd, who... Leads the parade of anti Baker, but AJ, you're in the second car. Thank you. With I mean, it's i I'm not saying there's a clown horn on it. I'm just saying there's a second car. What do you think? Because I think you might have to eat a little crow here, because Baker didn't look so bad compared to what we saw.
0: No, obviously the the offense last night was dreadful. Only only putting up those 14 points. Whose offense? The Browns' offense, yes, yes, yes. yeah, I, I don't know that. I, I don't know how much of a difference Baker makes. Obviously, well, you assume he makes some. Hold on some. a second.
1: Hold on a second. We know. We've seen this offense throughout the normal year. Is it? Is it this offense? Last night was especially bad. Exactly. So we know. Yeah, we know because the Raiders don't have a great defense. They do not have a great defense. So if you are well below average anymore, <laughs> yeah. If you well, I'm not sure it was ever great. It might seem good. Uh, if if you're well below average against a below average defense, your offense is probably playing pretty bad. So, but we did see
0: Baker Mayfield put up ten against the Ravens two weeks ago. No, I'm, we saw not him saying, put up
1: I'm not saying there's not a time
0: thirteen against the Lions.
1: So yeah, I'm not saying there's not a time that he's going to underperform. But you take the average, and what we had is a one game average here. And so, let me ask you this. The line moved pretty drastically when Baker was declared out. Yeah. Were you firing the no. other way? No. All right. So, we think Baker's a lot better... Than Nick Mullins. Than Nick Mullins. Yes. Who Nick Mullins was on all kind of lists as some kind of special quarterback. The first, uh, how fast they get to X thousand yards. You've seen those lists. How shocking. I mean, Him and Jimmy G stats were pretty comparable for a long time. Now, some of that might be Shanahan's perceived brilliance. But obviously, Nick Mullins is a third-string quarterback for a reason. By the way, Nick Mullins was on pace for the second-most passing yards ever through 16 starts. So I'm pretty sure that pace has either come to fruition or not. O- or was that counting this game, McKenzie?
0: That was before this game. That was last year, the end of last year, though. But he so...
1: didn't start before that. Right. So, between then and now. Okay, so that's interesting. Did he? I mean, I it up, did he make it? You can do he, that and let us know. He's he, up to seventeen starts. I'll get you the final. Yeah, word. yeah. You might want to do that. That's McKenzie, everyone. You know, you ever hear? Did you ever listen to Rob, Rob Dibble and um, Dan Patrick back in the day? I think yeah, I heard some of that back in the like when uh, when Dan was on ESPN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they used to call Dibble the showstopper. Yep. I think we have a new chefover. See <laughs> like, let me throw something out there with We no, did it, by the way. Number one ever. First th-
0: through 16 starts, 4,600 passing yards. And through his second 16, <laughs> 147
1: to start. But, but hold on a second. Hold on a second. If you said, if I told you, Trevor Lawrence, ah, the savior, had in his first full season, effectively, the most passing yards in the history of the NFL, forget Red Grange autogram Graham, sling, slinging Sammy Ball. none of that matters. It's Nick Mullins. Wow. What would you say? Oh, but no, it's not it's, Nick it's Mullins. Trevor, it's Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. No, we thought
0: so. He was that great. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's what we'd have to say.
1: But but with Nick Mullins, we just say, nah, doesn't fit my narrative. I don't want to hear those stats. It's, it's, it's confusing me. I don't know. I think Baker looked pretty good here. You know who didn't look good? Baker, in his absence, is Nick Chubb. Uh, I don't want to say a flaccid performance, but <laughs> 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 you think I would have prepared that, but I did <laughs> But if you look at the his EPA, so, I mean, let's be candid, though. The Browns are supposed to be a running team. They're supposed That's our to be, identity. They're supposed to be the team that can grind out a win. And the kind of team that, hey, you don't need a great quarterback, right? Just give us a good quarterback. Well, if you look at the rushing performance, the expected points added, which is simply an efficiency stat, you look at the efficiency, the team was 36 percentile. So that means two thirds of the league runs better typically than the Browns did yesterday in a game they needed for their playoff lives to run well because they had a third-string quarterback.
0: Nick Chubb, who you know we've mentioned before, is one of the running backs that do actually matter under four yards per carry. Does he? But, I mean, that's what
1: some people say. The Browns believe that, right? They paid him. They paid him, which supposedly the Browns are a super-woke, smart team. They're on the forefront Of analytics. In fact, ESPN had a poll in the offseason which teams focused the most on analytics. Last year it was the Baltimore Ravens one. I think Browns were second. This year, Browns first, Ravens second. But what we saw, and we'll talk about in a little bit, was we saw Jim Harbaugh make an atrocious decision for two reasons. One, we talked about yesterday, there's another reason. And then we see the Browns here pay a running back who seemingly can't get more than four yards. He, le- he averaged less than four yards a carry and a 36 percentile efficiency.
0: And and averaged less than that on the final drive, where the Browns had a chance to seal the deal. Could not get a single first down on that last drive with three That's run all That's all they needed.
1: Now, you had a statement in pre-production. You don't like to be too controversial. You like it's, you're an, an unusual radio guy that likes to like be in the back. You, you like to be part of the the mix. Those guys don't usually get paid. Those guys in the back. It's crazy. So you're stepping up now because I like this take. Your take involves really how disappointing the Browns are.
0: I think the Browns are the biggest disappointment in the NFL this season.
1: All right, now I think we might want to quantify that a little bit.
0: The Browns' preseason wins win total was ten and a half, sixth in the league. They're seven and seven. They're in last place in the AFC North. Yeah, but
1: last place when you're seven and seven, you're five hundred, right? If they would have won this game, if it was a missed field goal. I mean, I don't want to speculate. I think they'd be eight and six.
0: I think that's correct,
1: okay. Now, how far behind are they at that point? I mean, are we talking about making or missing a field goal? Are we talking about one made first down or not? I agree with you. If you project out and you see their their upcoming games, they project out to have about one and a quarter wins in the next three games. So they play at Green Bay, obviously a tough game at Pittsburgh. Home against Cincinnati. We're going to call one win between Pittsburgh and Cincinnati because it's about half a win each. A little about a quarter win against Green Bay. So they're they're probably going to finish with, or at least projected to finish with, eight and a quarter wins. That will be two and a quarter wins less than expected.
0: Straight out of Vegas. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. On Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
1: We were talking about the inability of the Browns to run out the clock. First, let's kind of make the case on how different that is compared to last year. Last year, the Browns uh, had, what was it, four different situations where they could run out the clock at the end?
0: Five. Five. With a... a A one-score lead, and
1: how'd they do? Five and zero. Five and zero. They ran out the clock. Ran out the clock. So the other team, it's like it's like drone batter style. You're done. You don't get the ball. Four-minute offense. They call whatever. Okay. Wow. This year, how many times have they been in that scenario? Four. All right. How many times they run out the clock? Two. I thought they ran out the clock one of the one, but they won one other one.
0: No, they've they've run the clock out two of the or no you're right they did run it out one two of the games they lost and one right, let me, let me, they ended baby, up winning let me,
1: yeah let me try this okay there's four times they got the, yes. had the ball to run it out only once they did that yes we'll run it all the way down Of the three other times, they won one of them. So they kicked it back and still won. So they effectively won two or four times, however they did, with the ball to run out the clock with one score. Last year, they were five out of five. So two out of four, they won. So they lost two games this year. Last year, they lost zero in this situation. Okay, they didn't run it out. That's a failure. No doubt about it. And again, back to how good is this offensive line? How good is Chubb? How good are the Browns' front office? The staff, the analytics, I don't know, right?
0: Remember the, the Broncos game where they played the Broncos with, with basically nobody, and we said maybe it's their offensive line, their identity as a running team, maybe it's just so strong that it doesn't really matter what else is going on.
1: Or maybe it's Drew Locke was the quarterback on the other that side. Might that might be yeah. the answer. But, but listen, the Browns aren't dumb. They're not stupid. The question is, are they above average by a smidge, or are they the elite bastions of progressive football thinking that they've been made out to be? Well, here's something they could have missed, and maybe this was the absence of Stefanski. And this would have been a bold call. But the situation was the two-minute mark warning had just been reached, and they had the ball on, the Browns did, on their 30-yard line, three yards to go, fourth and three on their own 30, up by two. Only a crazy man would go for it there. Well, let's consider the following. We know from the NFL feed that when the Raiders got the ball, they had a 39% chance to win. So that means, hey, Browns kicked it. They had a 61% chance to win. That's pretty good. Well, what's the chance they would have made it on fourth and three? About 50-50. Point flip. So 50% of the time, so now you're like, okay, Raiders win 50% of the time versus 39, the punt was good. But wait a minute. What do the Raiders do if there's a failure on that fourth and three most of the time? It's usually going to be run, run, run. Browns had three timeouts. Assuming timeout, timeout, timeout. Assuming the Raiders make the field goal. Now the Browns get the ball with, I don't know, a minute 40 left. And all they need is a field goal to win. You do the math, and it comes out, and this is an example, listen, I don't like the parroting of aggressiveness, go for it, go for it, go for it, over and over. It's like another Barney at the bar. It's just they think they have, uh, they're educated Barneys at the bar. But I don't want to deny the math that this would have been a very interesting place to go for it, because I think mathematically, it's superior, to go for it here, but now the catch twenty two is: well, is it really fifty fifty with Nick Mullins? Even though he is the fastest or the most yards ever after sixteen starts in the history of the NFL, he's a below average quarterback as a third stringer. You know, I don't know. I know that Stefanski's replacement's not going to make that call because it's such a, a, a gutsy call. If the, I mean, the game being a fourteen
0: thirteen game. Does that make you look at it differently than if it was, say, a forty-two forty-one game?
1: Yeah, I think it just talks about the relative lack of efficiency of the offense, which makes it the math. I think a little optimistic.
0: It makes you think that punting seems like a better idea there. At least, at least it's a close, close call. Yeah, I, I, I think in general I like the idea of, of going for it there, but I think in a game where, I mean, the Raiders couldn't do anything with the ball either. You, you just assume you give them a little bit of a longer field, they're gonna do what they've done all night and just scuffle
1: on offense. But they didn't. But still, another winning week in our Super Contest, 3-2. and We did have Minnesota. We'll get to them in a minute. We will be talking about Harbaugh's decision, too. You know, let's do this. Let's talk about Harbaugh's decision, and then we'll go to the Vikings. And then we're going to be previewing two games. I mean, this is a (laughs) jam-packed rest of the hour. We're straight out of Vegas. All right, so yesterday I explained Harbaugh's big mistake was the 42 seconds left in the game, because even if they make the X or the two and are up one, you're giving Aaron Rodgers the ball back. Now you might say, RJ, you'd be giving Aaron Rodgers the ball back if you tie it with the extra point. Except with a tie game, the Packers would have been really conservative. You know, a few exploratory short passes, and if they break some yards, maybe they go for it. You know, try to score the uh, field goal. But for the most part, it's going to be let's go to overtime because they don't want an interception and a field goal the other way. But if you're down one, like the Packers would have been if the Ravens had scored the two point conversion, succeeded with it, it would have been no consideration for risk, bombs away downfield. Very similar to the San Francisco game, that Aaron Rodgers, with 37 seconds left, less than 42, was able to go down and get the field goal to win the game, down one in that spot, and then one by two. So to me, man, in the Steeler game, there was like 12 seconds left or whatever. Pittsburgh wouldn't have had a chance to respond. You only go for two in that spot if the other team doesn't have a viable recourse with no risk mattering because you're down. It's almost like the cow, you know, lateral play kind of thing. You're going to do whatever. With Aaron Rodgers, how many seconds are you comfortable giving him? <sighs> Does he have his beanie on or not? <laughs>
0: I don't think he wears it during the game.
1: Okay, then I, he's better without. the Okay, beanie. I agree with that. I, you know, I, I think if it's uh, if it's twenty-five, it's almost like he still is going to be better than most in that spot. But it, it's—I mean, think about it. What's a typical play take? Six seconds. Yeah. Right. So, let's call it seven. If it's a little more downfield, so you got—you know—assume they don't. A smart team's not going to bring it out of the end zone. Now, that's a mistake, Amy, because that takes one play to get, what, effectively out to the 25 most yeah. of the time. Now, if the Ravens are smart, and they are, Tucker's going to sky the ball to about the 10 and force you to bring it back. A squib, t- something. Well, yeah, that's a Belichickian move. Um, so, but, so let's just say 42, let's say they don't bring it back 7 times 7, 7 times 6, 7 times seven. He's going to have five plays. I mean, five plays with timeouts. I don't, you know, it's not a great chance, but it's probably a 20% he gets a field goal. So I think that was the mistake we talked about yesterday. And I think it was a big one. This is even bigger. They scored, the Ravens did, and they were down eight with the extra point or the next, you know, the point after to come, right? Now, if you're going to go for the win, It is a humongous mistake. It's an objectively undebatable mistake to do it in the order they did it. Extra point first after the next to last touchdown, and then two-point conversion to win it. Because if you make the two, if they had made the two, let's assume they win. Let's even forget the 42 seconds, right? Okay. So you're going to win about half the time, because the NFL two-point conversions this year— was 49.7 coming in to that game. Someone called that 50-50. 50-50. I think that's a fair one. Now, you're saying backup quarterback. I'm saying he's a good backup quarterback. He's got momentum. I think it's a little optimistic to say 50-50, but let's say 50-50. Okay? And half the time you lose. They didn't make it. Okay. If you go for the two after the next to last touchdown, when eight can bring you to six instead of seven, let's assume you make it. You're gonna make it the same half the time, right? Well, next time you kick the extra point when you score and you win. Okay. So in that scenario, you make it half the time, you win. Justin Tucker's 98.5% on extra point since it was extended back. Let's call that a hundred. Okay. If you miss it, then the next time you score, you go for two to tie. Now let's say you make that half the time. So now it's only gonna be 25% of the time that you miss miss. Those times you lose just like the one. But the other twenty five percent, which is the miss make, as in miss the two, make the two, it's tied. Now you go to overtime, and in overtime you probably win about, you know, ten percent or not ten percent, but about let's say forty percent of the time, which ends up being about ten percent of the, the gain scenarios. So really to make this real simple, the difference is if you wait to do it the second time. You either make it or miss it, and the game's decided by that, to go for two the second time. If you go for two the first time and make it, you're as good as ever. You just kick the extra point. But if you miss it, you get a second chance. And if you make the second one, now you go to overtime. And you're going to win a percentage of those. And the percentage that you win in overtime is all gravy. There's really no debate on that. Do you see anything? No. When you— when you Put this out for me on on paper, especially.
0: It's uh, there's no denying that you've got a better chance if you go for it down eight. Go for the two, then, and then if you if you don't get it, go for it again later.
1: If you think about the the, the two different point afters as happening right in a row, let's assume you know they just said, hey, you scored the first touchdown. We're going to wait till you score the second to even care about the extra, which is kind of stupid. But let's say that it was two in a row. Imagine them going, all right, let's see here. We got potentially four points to make, because there's two twos in a row coming up, or zero point, whatever, right? Okay, And let's say, at this point, you're down two, right? That's what it would be. So, you could kick two extra points. Boom, boom. Tie game. You go to overtime, right? That's fine. Or... How dumb would it be to say, all right, we're going to kick the extra point, boom. Okay, we're down one. Let's go for it. You go for it, you miss, and you're done, right? What you could do is go, you know, we're going to go for it. Let's go for it now. If we make it, great. Kick the extra point. But if you miss it, you know what? We're down two. Let's try it again. (laughs) And then the times that you make that two, that brings you to overtime, and that's all the gravy that John Harbaugh, who hates math apparently... I'm not saying Which you didn't think so a day ago. Listen, I'm not. Listen, his brother and I have some problems. I can't lie. He smells. Now listen, he's in the four, final four. Let's give him his glory, right? You could smell or not, but if you're in the final four, you're getting some credit. John Harbaugh, I don't know. I don't know. He seems like he doesn't like math. What do you think?
0: I, I was uh, John Harbaugh's always struck me as an old school guy, and then yesterday you, you told me no, he's like on, on the forefront of analytics. But then his quotes yesterday made it sound like maybe the Ravens are on the forefront and John Harbaugh is not fully on board. All right.
1: So, Harbaugh is actually talking about this now. I don't think necessarily in response to this. He says, uh, from the Ravens editorial director. Who is that? It's just some faceless. It sounds like someone's his own PR agent. Harbaugh wanted to delay the ultimate decision on going for two and the win. He thought about the decision all night. And he criticizes himself for it.
0: Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
1: Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast
0: is called All Ball.
1: The reported... Um, you got away with words, yeah, dude. It's, just, it's not a quote. It's not a full quote. <laughs> to, so a turn the mic off. Turn the mic off. Okay. <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> you know, it's... Um, things, things are going so well. <clears throat> something. something. <laughs> no, but what's funny here is all the passive voice that they're using. All right, is, is the idea of he thought about the decision all night and criticizes himself for it. It's almost like a mental gymnastics to you know who's talking about whom and what. It's, it's like what politicians do mistakes were made. Mistakes were made. But all, gather your thoughts here, Brad Brott. Is how you told me in pre production, you said, hey, Harbaugh is now realizing he made a mistake. Uh, And it was specifically the order of operation of going for two. Where does it say anything like that? Talking about delaying the ultimate decision. He said he wanted to delay. They're justifying it. Yeah, he's saying he made the mistake and he wishes But but he didn't didn't say that's the mistake. Are you reading it? Harbaugh wanted to delay... And again, this is some unknown third person saying this. Harbaugh wanted to delay the ultimate decision on going for two and the win. He thought about the decision all night. When he says the decision... He's talking about the decision to go for two, not necessarily the order of it. But the fact that we don't that he reads it and gets one thing and I read it and get another, it's kind of the whole point here. They're trying to defray a lot of analysis on this.
0: That sounds like what something the Ravens editorial director's job would be is to kind of muddle Confu- things. Yeah, let's
1: try to confuse things. Right. But why are things being confused? Because I'm telling you, why is that the intention? Because if anything, the, the the Ravens have been the darlings of the analytics community. Now it feels like you got Harbaugh talking about, and this is what he said: the numbers are the numbers. This is um, was this after the game, right? This is after the game, yes. The numbers are the numbers, but the numbers aren't perfect. I can tell you this: I've shot a lot of holes in the numbers. You know, he's so smart. With the numbers guys, they don't take everything into account. So you can just make a decision. The numbers are just part of it. I've never heard him talk like that at all. He's always again been a darling. It almost feels like that the, like there was some hostage situation. He was forced to do the number where the numbers guys wanted. Then somehow his you know whoever escaped and now he can tell the truth and now he's some whack job that's like misordering when to go for two and saying
0: it was my gut feeling. Well, we talked about it yesterday after the show. It felt like Art Howe in Moneyball, like where Billy Bean's saying this is what you got to do and Art's like Ugh, I don't want to do this.
1: I mean, what does this have to do with Stefanski? I mean. Who knows what the connections are here? <laughs> it's, I mean, it, it is kind of crazy that all this stuff now with the Chargers, with the Chiefs, with all the going, you know, with going for two so much, with going for it on fourth down. And now one of the guy... I mean, do you think Harbaugh maybe felt like I got to keep upping the ante to, to like even get attention now? I got to go for two in these crazy situations and I'm going to do it out of order just to trick people. And then everyone else is going. The numbers are the numbers. It's like, you freaking
0: idiot. What's wild is if he if that two point conversion is successful, you're not hearing Harbaugh complain about the
1: numbers. This is well, what happens but, when but guys he didn't go by the numbers. If anything, he could have said, "See, no. the numbers don't matter. We made it." <laughs> I mean, if Tomlin did this, he'd be getting crushed. That's probably fair. Oh, it's it's fair. It's more than fair. But but here's what we're gonna keep our eye on, and you can't undercount this. A guy who literally last year heads an organization, the ESPN, voted, and they had each team vote who is the teams that value analytics the most, who puts the most resources in it, who values it the most. Last year, the Ravens were number one on that list out of 32 teams. This year, they're number two. What we've heard from Harbaugh's quotes what we saw from his irrational, muddied decision making has nothing to do with like a strong emphasis on analytics. So there's some incongruency. There's some disconnect that's yet to be uncovered. We'll be on the case. And one other thing, what has been uncovered is the idiots that think they know math that a parrot, like a parrot, like a parrot, Polly wants a crack, cracker kind of stuff, and saying. The numbers are the number. You don't know numbers. These people don't. And just go look. If anyone was talking about Harbaugh had the numbers behind him, unfollow. If you're following them for numbers, if you're following them for amusement, follow them.